0: Life, it's Home Plus Life Podcast.
1: So, J.H., we have an interesting topic. Let's start with oh, the cereal
2: stuff. Holy, is this a rabbit hole in real estate or
1: what? I think there's going to be a lot of people that are, I think once it's explained to them, they will go, oh, that yeah. makes sense now. Yeah. It's not just a whole heap of mumbo-jumbo jargon that's spewed out in real estate terms. So that it is a legitimate, we're going to explain it, So that hopefully we're going to
2: explain it clearly. I mean, it's it's a complicated issue, but what we're going to be looking and diving into is who's to blame for the housing crisis in Australia right now. Um, So that's a that's a big big topic. Uh, And then we're going to get into a topic and a rabbit hole that's close to my heart, namely because it fills my stomach.
1: Well, funnily enough, that's exactly what I just put in the oven.
2: Exactly. So it's going to be winter slow cooks that warm the soul.
1: Yeah. And do you know what? I'm going to throw in a little few tidbits for people out there that are like, I don't have a slow cooker.
2: Yeah, see, I'm a slow cooker. Oh, I nearly said a really bad word there. (laughs) I'm a slow cooker lover. I rely on a slow cooker, but you don't. No. So let's get to it. Let's have a quick word from our sponsors and let's get in. Ready to sell your home? Don't make the rookie mistake of jumping in blind. The first step on your journey is critical. Research. You need to know what your house is really worth to get the best deal. And that's where CheckMyHousePrice.com.au comes in. With a free house price report, you'll get all the juicy market intel, recent sales data and other must-have info to help you win big when selling your home. Don't gamble on your home's worth. Make CheckMyHousePrice.com.au the first step in your successful selling journey. Visit us today and get your free house price report.
1: Right, JH. Who is to blame for the housing crisis?
2: You know what? I really wanted to lay the blame at the feet of government. I've got to be honest. I came into this um, and and started this journey down this rabbit hole.
1: There's so many facets of it, though. Re- ready and there's willing no... to
2: absolutely steamroll every government of the last 25 years. Um,
1: but there's no one place that you can lay blame. Well,
2: I mean, the the, the hot button topic or the the feel good. This makes me feel good to be angry about because it is obvious and seems fair. Is blame stamp duty, hmm. right? You're buying a house and or you're carving up a block, or there's stamp duty everywhere. You're getting absolutely stung, and and it's it's not cheap. Like it can be a couple of percent of the property's yeah. actual price. You go buy a million dollar property you know, you're, you're on the line for 20 grand worth of stamp duty. In some cases, it's even more. It can be 40, 50, 60 grand.
1: Although there has been some governments that are actually, instead of you putting that straight up front, that yeah, you can pay it off. Sure. But then but you're, you're, still you're paying, paying another
2: 40 grand on top. And that's in taxes, right? So the the interesting... And, and I I went and spoke to a few people on condition of uh, anonymity in my network because they're people in the industry. They can't basically be... They, if, if they were to put their voice to the information that I've now got to share, it could be the end of their careers. So I can't, like...
1: I can't say that would be the end of their careers, oh, but it, it would certainly it'd burn, burn some make, bridges. It would burn
2: some bridges and it would definitely make continuing their career in that space very, very difficult. Um, but one of the key points that got made, because I went the stamp duty route, right? I went, if they just remove stamp duty... Then, because the you know stamp duty adds X amount to a property and so on and so forth, and that was really really quickly shot down in a way that that I had to acknowledge that you know what it's not stamp duty, and I and it feels wrong to say that, but hear me out. The point that was made is discounting stamp duty, offering builders grants, first home buyer grants, all of those things have never ever worked to reduce the price of property.
1: No. Not if any ever. if anything when you have a look at the real estate pricing if you've got a new estate that actually goes in and they're selling properties for you know let's say 1.5 plus right but you've got an older house and you're like oh well I can't really move out of the area I'm needing to buy back in that market those prices sure they they pump up the price of what your house is currently worth but if you're needing to buy back into that same market, it pumps up those prices too. Oh, it, it, so it does
2: because of the way appraisals were, uh, are done. But all it would do, all it would do, the price wouldn't change. No. Right? All it would do is shift...
1: As to where things ...the come money
2: from. from the government's coffers into the private sector coffers. Yeah. Right? Into the builder or the developer's coffers. So, stamp duty, like removing stamp duty and things like that, it's that that got shot down as mm. as a plan and an idea. And and the moment they spotted and they said, "Look at the first home buyer grant." Every like even with the builders where they said, "We'll give build, we'll give you twenty five grand to build." Mm. What happened? Houses increased by hundred grand overnight to build a new house because it meant that people could borrow more, and the builders did their sums and went, "We can increase price, right?" Yeah, and everyone goes, "Oh, the builders are dirty." Well, no, the builders are operating just in a in a in a, the way they're legally meant to as a company. They are meant to seek profit. Legally, they have an obligation to seek profit, right? So that's, that's the society that we live in. But they wouldn't have been able to do that if the demand wasn't there. Yeah. So It'll, we, we come back it's still, to supply
1: and Yeah, it still comes back, to, still supply comes back and to supply It still comes back to supply and demand.
2: But there are factors that are exacerbating our supply issue.
1: So right? population growth is one of them.
2: Population <laughs> growth is, is definitely one of them. We have a skills shortage, yes. right? It never used to be. And so one, one of my contacts... Uh, turned around and said to me, he goes, you know, 40 years ago, you didn't go and get a trade to get rich. You went and got a trade to put food on the table for your family, mm. right? Now...
1: Well, it was also a way of guaranteeing that you actually had a job. Well,
2: you guaranteed you had a job for sure. But now, you go and look at what sparkies are paid. Go and yep. look at what build... Like, you can come out, do your apprenticeship. You're, you're on a good wicket. Well, and then as you start to build, like, and and you know, hit fourth, fifth year of your career and so forth, you're able to almost write your own ticket. Not quite, but you 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 get paid a huge amount because if you're good at what you do, there's not enough of you out there. But also, there's not two, enough tradies.
1: you have a look at FIFO as well. Mm. Now, there's a lot of people who go and do their trade and they're like sparkies and go, hold on, what am I doing doing residential stuff when I can go and you know, do FIFO? you get paid
2: even more again. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what's even crazy with that? There was an anecdote that got shared with me by another contact who was illustrating that builders in Western Australia are advertising in the Eastern states for bricklayers yeah. and are offering to pay their moving costs to get them to come over to WA to build houses. Yeah. Like, so that gives an idea of the shortage. Adding to that, we, we have a material shortage in this country. And and this got spelled out to me in another conversation. So I, I dove down the rabbit hole in this one pretty hard because I really want to get to the, the, the core of it. Yeah. Right. Our timber industry, our our logging and timber industry, we used to maintain it all here. We we would do the the logging yep. and then we would refine the timbers and turn it into building materials and then we would sell those building materials overseas or we'd sell them locally.
1: Look, I had family who was actually in the timber industry.
2: Right. right. We don't do that anymore. Even like our logging industry is, is, has been shrunk massively. And even the timber that we do, the, the logging that we do fell, we now ship overseas to be refined and then we buy it back.
0: <laughs>
1: now,
2: we are, now, now let's look at another. Sorry, part.
1: I'm laughing just because that sounds so stupid. Yeah, it does,
2: right? Like <laughs> to the common person. It's, it's like, you know, if, if we were a farmer and we sent our cattle overseas to be killed and then shipped back as steak.
1: Well, I like, mean, that does happen as well.
2: I'm highlighting just how stupid these things are, right? But you know what else we do? But
1: it's making jobs.
2: <laughs> how is it making jobs? We've killed entire industries in this country, right? <laughs> no, that I was, we were
1: good at. I was just saying a line that so many oh, government yeah, like to... Yeah. We're creating jobs. How, you could how make, are you creating? You could like, make more jobs. we literally shut
2: down entire industries. We used to mill our own steel. We would take our own iron ore and we would turn it into steel here in Australia. And then we would ship that finished product.
1: Yeah, we don't overseas. need to do. We don't need steel here. No,
2: no, no, we don't. You know, we what don't need now? timber either. We ship our iron ore overseas.
1: Yeah, for it to be made and then to, brought back to
2: be turned into steel and, and milled ore, and then we buy it back at a premium. Yeah, right. How did that work out for us when China decided to turn around and go, hey, we we're, we're going to put massive tariffs on on all your Aussie goods, and we're going to make things difficult? Like, oh, it was
1: a hoot and a half. And it
2: wasn't fun, right? Wasn't it fun? Um. So we have a supply, a material supply problem in this country.
1: Because mm. g- doesn't our this? – I'm pretty sure it was you that told me this, that a lot of the wood for building houses comes from the Ukraine and – that area.
2: Look, that was that was a fact that I got told. I've never been able to verify that. Yeah. Um. But but it doesn't come from here. Like for even it, for our housing th- frames, apparently it does. Yeah. Yeah. And considering I, that I, we I have, I don't know. I'd love someone to verify that for me.
1: We have lots and lots of you know timber here.
2: <laughs> well, we do. We're we're shutting down entire industries here and 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 things like that. Um. So I'm looking up where does Australia's timber come from? Um. Very very quickly. So we have. This monumental problem. We and and not only that, like we we are a very spread out country, mm. right? We're a big country and we're spread out. So the issues that were highlighted, we have a materials problem mm-hmm. and a supply problem there. We, have, we have a labor problem, a skills shortage, right? At the same time, we have significant immigration happening that's that's encouraging population growth, which we need because we need to fill the skills shortage, yeah. Right. So we've got a chicken and egg scenario happening. At the same time, councils. Are not happy, shall we say, or not actively encouraging in many areas the the cutting up a block, so taking a block and making it smaller and and putting higher density dwellings in there. Well, and I I do kind of understand that because their ratepayers don't like that idea. Like if if you're well, yeah, if there's you
1: know, more if there's more land being cut up, it means that there's a bigger population that's coming, which means that there's more construction happening. And where does those costs come from in order for that? construction to happen well, in and that, that's, upgrades that's and the stuff. taxes on that
2: construction yeah, that, and stuff like that. That's right. But it's more that what's hey like your ratepayers roads, payers,
1: roads your, need to be upgraded.
2: To, and and there's an issue there too that I'll get to in a moment. But no that your rate payers don't want more people in the area. They like the way that their area is. Well,
1: the Redlands where we live in Queensland yeah. is a perfect example to the point where the Queensland government have actually stepped in and said, You're not building enough estates quickly enough so we're going to be taking over the housing side of things, because you've got all of this land and you're not doing enough with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whereas all of us Redlands people, I've been born and bred here in the Redlands. I can say that I don't like the fact that that's happening because I like the way that it is. Yeah, well, but I this mean, is we, progression. <laughs> we, we
2: don't want it to get busy, do we? Um, you know, that's it's not what the the game
1: plan. is. I don't is. think we, it's so much the busyness. I think it's because oh, I people. Hate traffic. People who have lived in the Redlands for as long as what I have, we, we had it drilled into us when we were in school that you want to save koalas, you want to keep all of that, you want to you keep nature as close as you can for as long as you can. And by coming and just going, oh, well, there's land here, so you should be using it to house people, that's when I look at it and go, hold on you're contradicting yourself because you give a certain amount of money each year to conservation areas of which the Redlands has a huge amount of, but then you're saying that we need to be building more. And what happens to the animals that become displaced? So, you know, like it's – I get that people need to have houses, but at the same time it's like how much of a a damage do you want on the ecosystem before you turn around and go – Hold on, well, when something's wrong here
2: so here's here's the problem with that line of thinking, and this is this is a monumental monumental problem because we're not carving up the urban areas because we're not increasing the density of dwellings in the urban areas. What's happening is we're then going into our food bowls where we grow our food and things mm-hmm. like that, we're carving up paddocks and putting houses in mm. because we've we've got to house the population
1: yeah, but right? then people don't really want to move out there. Because it's a lot further. A, a lot,
2: a lot of being forced to, and things. Yeah. Like, well, not forced. I don't mean there's, you know, Gestapo coming in and going, "You're moving house." But I mean, like, they can't afford to live in the area that they want to yeah. be, so they're starting to move out and so forth. And and that. But we're we're managing urban sprawl terribly, mm. and that's that comes down to councils and state governments and things. Town like planning. That. Here, oh, it's, it's, here it's, in
1: Australia, I'm sorry, but it, town planning terrible. is shocking. It's
2: it's terrible, but we're now carving up. Our food growing areas to plant houses. So, what is that going to mean for our food?
1: To plant houses? Uh, to, to build houses?
2: <laughs> plant, uh, to build houses. Whatever. But my, my point is, what does that mean for our food? Yeah. Right. We're going to have to import all our food. Yeah. So, all of this kind of stuff's happening, and it's and it's all coming back to the local and state governments, mm. right? And and there was one story I heard where councils were slapping heritage listings on old pre-war homes that were literally just you know box Five homes months. that were <laughs> were slapped up to to build homes quickly and things like no we're not doing anything special we're not doing anything architecturally significant they were literally just slapped together yeah. to to house people yeah right and and pre and post-war homes and they're putting heritage listings on them right oh we're going to protect that this part of our history which means you can't tear them down can't really do much in terms of renovating them as, unless you're keeping them, you know, in that same style to a certain point. Mm. You can't subdivide the block. You can't, like... So we're creating this massive issue and there are so many factors coming into play and it's really easy to go... I find different. that
1: really hypocritical because if that's in the Queensland government...
2: I, I don't know what government it was. It was an anad- because anecdotal story. I, that, that I
1: just look me. at it and go, That's really hypocritical. They had no problems in destroying all of those beautiful old buildings in Queen in like Brisbane City yeah, itself. I, I, and I then I turning no... around and doing that sort of stuff for like post yeah. no, like, I,
2: I have I have no no information on where it was from. It's yeah, probably a right. good thing I don't have any information on where that one's yeah, from. Yeah, because
1: I feel that that would be my soapbox. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs>
2: to actually get us um, but So you have all of these factors coming into play and we couldn't restart our steel and timber industries. Like, I mean, our timber industry is still going, right? Yeah. But it's been massively shrunk compared to what it was 25 years absolutely. ago. Absolutely. Okay. so But we couldn't restart these industries in any great speed with any great speed because we don't have the skills in the labor to support it yeah so there's been monumental mismanagement and we're driving this immigration because we've got to fill this labor shortage we've got to fill the skills shortage we've got to house those people we don't have enough houses to house you see where so we have a monumental anyone else want to get
1: on the hamster wheel
2: it's (laughs) it is it's it's absolutely mind-boggling and and what it comes down to is is mismanagement and One of the points that got made in in many of the discussions that I had was it's not so much how much stamp duty is, Mm. but much like a speeding fine. It was always said that a speeding fine would go to improving the roads and driver safety and all this sort of jazz.
1: It does to a certain point.
2: But the money doesn't, it goes into a pool and a certain portion of that pool gets assigned to that. Right, but well, it's, it's never the portion tax. that it's it's contributed to, and and that's the thing. Stamp duty goes into the general pool, and a little bit of money gets assigned over here to oh we'll improve this area or we'll will improve our urban planning or whatever it is. Yeah, whatever the problem.
1: We'll put in a couple of extra lanes of traffic. But it's nowhere near what
2: it should be, and it's nowhere near reflective of how much stamp duty is like putting in. Yeah. Right, and so. We, here we are with a massive supply and demand problem Plus the fact in a country that is geographically massive and therefore providing logistics is always a challenge as well mm. and we are mismanaging it
1: oh yeah like it's, the blind leading the blind it, it's it's bad but so
2: <laughs> at the end of the day the government's to blame but not for the reasons that I initially thought yeah um, and and you know I guess I guess in part two. It's Wait, there's
1: a part too?
2: No, no, no. As in, in oh, right. I guess in part, <laughs> there is the issue of we started outsourcing our timber refinement, our steel refinement, our materials refinement and things like that um, to cheaper, like countries that could do it cheaper. Mm. And that's now potentially coming back to haunt us in a big way. There are so many factors here. Mm. Um, and essentially, it comes down to a supply and demand problem across the board Yeah, and I gotta be honest. There's oh. chateaus for like two hundred thousand euros over in France right now that look amazing.
1: Look, do you know what? Well, I didn't. I wouldn't mind going to Italy and buying one of those houses for a dollar
2: and renovating and it. Just and just renovating and, and, it. Yeah, and and you know, living living the Italian life. So I'll tell you what. It's it's appealing when when you dig down this rabbit hole as to what is at the root, who is to blame for the Australian housing crisis, and you go down this rabbit hole. Me personally, I went
1: i don't (laughs) wanna i'm like you know what maybe maybe italy
2: or france or you know there's a lot of people and and in this day and age so much of our work can be done online right we can work remotely so it's not like living in a a lovely quiet remote italian or french village or whatever is is going to limit the ability to work anymore or increase the commute we can work remotely I don't know, it's starting to look appealing as I as I dig into this stuff and So and, now and that we're rage. all
1: depressed, I feel like we need to move on to our JTM. Yeah, cuz
2: always I'm going to get the, <laughs> the rage is going to come back at at you know just how So the way that I'll deal with that is, is just shoving just, some really lovely food me. in your mouth. Feed me. That works.
1: <laughs> all right, let's get Do our JTM.
0: Let's see which rabbit holes we're going down in this episode.
1: moment. Okay, so it's starting to get a little bit cooler.
2: I love this weather. My, my cooking is best suited to winter. Yes. Yeah.
1: And funny thing, I went and put a split chook in while you were on the phone just before.
2: Very nice. Very nice.
1: With some vegetables. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to
1: it. So I just did my. And I know that there's people but out there going, "Hold on, you're doing a slow cook in the oven."
2: She does, but quickly before we jump into that, yeah. there was a point we made in in the real estate segment about how much would we import from the Ukraine. Imported wood products from Australia and uh, sorry from Russia was about eighty million Aussie, and from the Ukraine it was nothing. So it was it so was it's uh, Russia. That so it's, coming it's from. Russia, which of course, the minute they invaded the Ukraine, we went, we ain't giving you any money. Which we morally. Kind of got to support.
1: Look, let's give it that $80 straight to the Ukraine and help those guys out. Well, anyway, slow cooks, (laughs) back to food. Yes, back to food. So this is one I I do always enjoy a slow cook, even through summer, depending on how heavy it actually is. Chooks through summer, I find. Chooks are great
2: through summer. In fact, we smoked a number of chooks in summer and, and did them in the smoker, which was amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Which is a different type of slow cook
2: it it is it's a, it, we go low and slow but we get that nice crispy outside and, and like we we typically go and buy some of the um like the pre pre-seasoned ones mm. from the the butcher uh, and then we'll smoke them. Yeah. They they're incredible. I really enjoy them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So a couple of things with the slow cooks is that for those people who don't have a slow cooker that is fine. I mean, you can't get one for
2: like thirty bucks from Kmart, you and can. it does it does a great job. You can't like during during the hard times, and we we spoke recently about you know feeding you know an adult and two kids off fifty dollars yeah. a week kind of deal. Back in those days, I had a slow cooker, yeah, um, and it was a thirty dollars special from I mean, Kmart, we still and it last it lasted me five. Yeah, the one we've got now is a bit more fancy. We upgraded because you know Revel. we we dug out of the the dark times, but we went and upgraded our slow cooker, right? But yeah. Um, mainly also because there's now six of us and, and we needed a bigger one. Yeah. But the Kmart one like that I got for $30, $35 or whatever, that lasted me like five years. Yeah. It was great.
1: So those people who don't have a slow cooker, that's fine. If you have an oven, you can quite easily do a slow cook in the oven.
2: So how do you slow cook in the
1: oven? Turn down the heat and do it slow because that's pretty much what a slow cook does. <laughs>
2: I feel like I should just face palm right now. <laughs>
1: That's what a that's what a slow cooker does. It has it at a lower heat for a longer period of time, and it just it turns on and off as required. That's pretty much what a slow cooker does. <laughs> like you walked into I, that I, one.
2: I I, I I have no. I I've d- got nothing. D- I d- yeah, d- I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. It's.
1: Did I you did. think it was some fancy thing? Like no,
2: no. I just never thought about it. <laughs> I just went. It's a slow cooker. It's going to cook things slowly. That was literally the level. Of, and I mean, I've cooked a thousand different slow cooked meals. I love the thing. I can't wait for that first temperature drop in May to pull it out. And I've already what do you done think two. a
1: roast is? I, I, get
2: it. <laughs> I get it. I just never. Th- it's one of the few things on the planet I've never thought about. I wonder what the process is here. I just accepted.
1: You accepted I that slow cookers existed. Just
2: cooked things slow. <laughs>
1: So the other thing too is um, having a stock pot. If you have a stock pot, then you can do slow cooks in that as well.
2: All right. Explain to me what a stock pot is.
1: I am stumped at the fact that – I'm not stumped. I am shocked at the fact that you don't know what a stock pot is. You know those big, tall – Soup, the things that you put the chowder into.
2: Yes, I'm aware, but I thought that perhaps you could explain.
1: Oh, right! I thought you were wanting me to. Well, I just explained to you as to what a slow cook is. Right. Let's let's (laughs) let's say,
2: let's say, yes, that our 16 year old is listening to this. Yes. Right, and he's going, "What's a stockpot?" Yeah. Because let's be honest, our 16-year-old...
1: Would ask that. Would ask,
2: what's a stockpot? He
1: grilled cookies, so, you know, anything's possible. <laughs>
2: <He's>, <laughs> I hope he never listens to this. He'll hate us forever. But, no.
1: Love you, Thomas. <laughs> so,
2: but there, there will be people who Sorry. do not know what a stockpot is. Because you and I grew up with boomers for parents and it was stockpots. Like, mum would cook the mints in stockpots and things like that. I... To this day, I've cooked many, many mince and, and like Sloppy Joes and, and savory minces and all that sort of stuff. And I still do not understand how my mother cooked mince in a stock pot full of water. It just it boggles. What? Yeah. I, I remember that there would be, maybe it wasn't water, it might have been beef stock or something like that. But mince with veggies and that would be bubbling away in this kind of liquid goo. I don't know, in a stock pot. I, I have these memories. I'm and, concerned. Yeah. I am too because my mince tastes a whole lot better than hers ever did. Yeah. And, and well,
1: that's probably the reason why she cooked all her, the flavor her, out of it her, with the water.
2: She used <laughs> to add <laughs> Vegemite to it to put flavor in. I'm like, I've never had to add Vegemite. See, I to do my something mince.
1: really controversial where people are like, no. I don't even like, get the stock cubes and put it in water and then add it. I don't do that. I put the stock cubes straight into it
2: and let the, the stock. Permeate through the mints, uh, through the fat. Yeah. Mm.
1: Like, I'm down. What what's the point in putting extra liquid in there when there's already enough? No, you, liquid? Want, you want
2: that almost gravy type consistency well, around the meat. It's stock,
1: stock cubes don't. No, I know, but you want cons- that. It's not the consistency, it's the flavor that stock yeah. cubes put yeah. in there. So, but anyway, back to your original question a stock pot is a big soup pot. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's what a stock pot is. Yeah. A stock. Soup, soup pot, whatever you I, want I to call it. I pour. love ours.
2: We're like a six litre or 6.8 litre or something crazy. We do. Like that and, and
1: I do go in. fill it with chowder. Yeah. It's great. You fill it with chowder and then, well, not end then, but I use it for making my um, very healthy stock yes. that I have. Yes. Yeah. yeah so. And vegetable uh, and meat stock. Yeah. So in our family, I there is some eating particulars. Because I can't eat onion, IBS. Good times. Yeah. So there's many things that I can't eat. I can't eat tomato because, no. you know, I, I am actually allergic to that. And I and know... interesting.
2: You can, you can do tomato paste, though. You're okay.
1: Technically speaking, I shouldn't be eating it. <laughs> like, trust me. I'm giving up onion, <laughs> damn it. I'm having my tomato
2: paste.
1: <laughs> uh. So there is people out there that are going. Hold on, there's so many recipes out there that have onion in it.
2: So we found a, a really good substitute for that. I'm glad we you did. brought that up. Um, if you dice up celery and you treat it the same way you would onion, so regardless of what you're cooking, if if you're cooking something in the frying pan and you put the onion in to saute the onion a little bit first, and you know until it goes a little bit translucent, or you throw in a slow cook or whatever, celery has an a very similar, similar. kind of flavour to what onion does. Mm. So if there's an onion allergy, swap it out for celery. The only time it becomes a problem is when the the recipe calls for celery and onion. You don't <laughs> want to double the celery because then it, it...
1: I mean, you can. You it can, just but d- it, it. It, it, it's, mm. yeah, it's it's not... Yeah. It's not
2: as good. But So
1: just so those people out there are like, oh, can't you eat garlic? Yes, because yeah. garlic is not part of the onion family. There you go. I didn't even know that. I must <laughs> I didn't really care. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. The amount of people that are like, so this means that you can't eat garlic. Life Do you know garlic's what? not worth living. Do you know, yeah, well, it's like bacon. I'm yeah. sorry. But you know what? If you were to take away bacon and you were to take away onion and garlic from my life... It's just not worth it. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's it's not. So slow cooks, slow stock cooks, cook, stock stock <laughs> pots, <laughs> oven, good times. Now, but
1: yeah, there is a lot of things that you can do that are very cost effective, and that's one thing that I do really love about slow cooks is the fact that you can do big batches. Yeah, Even if you're a one yeah. uh, one person, you can still do a big batch. One of one of my favorite methods,
2: like particularly as it starts to get cold, everyone gets a little bit fluey and you're like, we need to just overdose on vitamins. Yeah. All right, we need we need a veggie bomb, we need all that. And what I'll do is I'll use the slow cooker, not the oven or the, the stock pot, I'll use the slow cooker. But I'll get like beef stock or chicken stock, depending on what meat I'm using. Um, I'll find some sort of meat that's on special, doesn't really matter what it is. And then I'll add those into... Uh, the, the slow cooker, a heap of garlic. But I'll also go and get one of those soup mixes where it's the dehydrated soup mix. So it's usually a mixture of split peas, lentils, um, barley, various grains and stuff. Yeah, just like your that. soup mix. And just your dried out soup mix. And it's dirt cheap. It's like 99 cents for 500 grams or something yeah. crazy. Um, and, and you don't need much of that. Like if, if for us, a family of, of six, I don't any, use any more then maybe three quarters of a cup.
1: Because you do know. So here's something that I have used in the past and a lot of people are like, I didn't even think of it. So with your slow cooks, if you've got a whole heap of vegetables, so you can actually go to a lot of the fruit and veggie places, even Woolies and Coles mm-hmm. do it, where they do have a pre-made soup mix, yep. vegetables, right? Yep. In the fresh section where it's just a matter of cutting it all up. Yep. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Absolutely. So you use that. And then another way to get cheap is uh, you have your stock bones. So you can – like sometimes I think you can get them for like a couple of – like $4 a kilo or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So when you heat bones, the marrow that comes out of the bone is What's actually – has has all of the nutrients and everything in and it. And that's,
2: that's what you, where you get your stock. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And you can put the vegetables in. And you put your, st- your soup mix, so your grains and stuff into it as well. And that there is actually quite a nutritional meal itself. Yeah, Because you can just get one of the handheld mixes and just blend it and like puree it. So it's more of a like yeah, canned soup, yep. like pumpkin yep. canned soup consistency. Yep. But yeah, that's always a cheap option too. I find, I find
2: too. you know, I mean, uh, that, that for me... Requires too much forethought. Usually, if I'm doing a slow cook, I've woken up that morning, gone. I'm doing a slow cook, and I'll shove it all on in the morning, and then forget about it and just work all day. And then you know, kids coming home. Yeah, from but school that,
1: you still do you the right. same thing. What I'm saying is that oh, so you're not making,
2: you're not using the soup bones to make the stock. You're throwing them in in the slow cooker. Yeah, right.
1: Because they're right. because they're a bone, you can just go through and Take pick the them out yep. once you're ready to actually puree it.
2: Yeah, fair enough. I mean, so, I, I typically don't puree; I just leave them chunky.
1: Yeah, but you don't want to be chewing on bones. I know no, you take the
2: bones out. <laughs> Still take the bones out, but I'm talking the. the but slow yeah, cook. you can have a But it I mean, the, 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 the base, the base ingredients. Like, if we were to break this down and just say, the base ingredients for any good slow cook is you need a stock. Hmm. You need some sort of root vegetables, like some carby vegetables, like um sweet, potato, sweet potatoes, potato, great, potato great, pumpkin, pumpkin, potato. Uh, they're even great because
1: pumpkins aren't a root vegetable.
2: <laughs> there you go. Learn something new every day. But you know that family, the the starchy kind of vegetable, and your
1: carrots,
2: family. carrots are good,
1: broccoli, um,
2: so bikini. any anything like that. Grab a couple of different veggies, get the cheap soup mix. We'll flesh like we'll flesh it out and make it a little bit thicker as well. You can make also put
1: beans in there,
2: yeah, beans. So lentils, cannoli beans, um, anything like that. You can throw in there, throw some meat in, um, and and the best thing about a slow cook is is you can make it as cheap or as expensive as you want. Yeah. And that's that's one of my favorite things because you can make a heap dirt cheap and have plenty of leftovers, and the kids love it. Serve it up with some rice, or serve it up with a bit of bread and butter, and that, and it's it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, the other really cool thing that I started to play with, it doesn't have to be fancy, but if you get red wine, red wine will start to break down the meat, as will uh, crushed tomatoes. Yes, I am so aware of So the acidity this. in both of these will start to break down the meat and break down like the connective tissue in the meat. So the meat, like if you have to get like a really cheap cut of meat or you want to get a cheap cut of meat because this will actually make a cheap cut of meat amazing. Um, even more so. Like a slow cooker will do that anyway, but if this have, will do it even more if so. If you
1: have cheap meat, like your chuck and yep. all of that. Chuck's not cheap anymore. No, it's not. But it, and, and, like, and your gravy meat as well, that's not cheap. No. I remember, I remember being sent to the shops and my mum going, can you please go and get some steak? Mind you, I was – I would have been 17, right? And so go to the shops, get a steak, come home. She's like, we're supposed to barbecue this. I'm like – Oh, no. What did yeah? she get? And, and she goes, I, I meant like porterhouse or rump or T-bone or something better than this. And I was like, what are you talking about? What did <laughs> it's you get? steak. <laughs> I got gravy. Oh, no. <laughs> so she was just like – are you kidding? I'm looking at that now just going we would have been eating like kings. I got gravy Look, meat. I can <laughs> on
2: special, I can get rib fillet on special cheaper than what we can get gravy beef and chuck.
1: Yeah. And that doesn't make any sense because and, and that's the that, hardiest like part. That's the hardiest muscles. Yeah, it's it's mental. But not only that,
2: remember how dirt cheap brisket used to be? Cuz it was it was the the, the rubbish part of the meat, it was the stomach cut, it was had fat all through it and everything. And suddenly, because, you know, it can now be done low and slow and creates this incredible dish with smoking and barbecuing and that.
1: Same as lamb shanks. Well, I remember when my mum was like, because, you know, I, feel I like was. We're dating ourselves here. One of like this, six. this just shows how old we are. Well, I was one of six Back as well. In my day, I I used to walk up. I hell and down remember. I through having snow to the butchers. Shut up. I remember when um, being, uh, you know, 17, 18, mum and dad go out with their friends. What am I having for dinner? Oh, I lifted out some shanks for you. Yeah, now, now you shanks know. are a treat. <laughs> yeah, well, that was when they were like, you could buy four of them for like $4 because yeah. no, one no one wanted to one of eat them, at them and because we've, that's we've what you gave to, to the dogs. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, it's mental. It's mental. But I, I can't believe it. like Chuck is... is you know, $25 a kilo. Yeah. And I can go and get ripped fillet for 20 bucks a kilo on special. Yeah. It's mind boggling. But anyway, grab whatever meat it is that you want. By the way, uh, another great little trick is add some bacon pieces into the slow cook and you'll get that bacon flavor through everything too. Mm. Which makes it even better. You wonderful.
1: can also use infused oils for those people who are more of a vegetarian side of things. Use infused oils as a way of um, giving it some flavor, too.
2: Yeah. But so there you go, winter slow cooks. Um, absolutely awesome. Uh, you can get like a six liter slow cooker. I looked it up while we we're talking for about $45 from Kmart. So, or you can go and do it in the stock pot. Do you know go what? And do it in the oven? You ha- works best
1: if you're in that age group where you know moving into houses or first time owning a house and living slow cooker's is a must-have ask your friends and family if they say what do you want just go get me a slow cooker
2: yeah definitely definitely um but even even if you're our age or older and you've never done this the slow cooking it's it's so easy it's it's one of my favourites during winter. It, it doesn't work during summer because the meals are always hot and hearty and you don't feel like something that's, what that's heavy <laughs> during, during summer. But in winter, throw it all into the slow cooker in the morning, whatever veggies you've got, whatever meat you've got, a little bit of yeah. stock, put it on, walk away, come back to it that night, ready to go, yeah. serve it with some fresh bread and butter or, or I will over say ice or whatever.
1: stock pot and oven, do that when you are home. Yeah, And you if you're only, out. when you're only going to be ducking out quickly, yeah. because I don't want to hear about how people are like, well, Sian said that I could put it on and, and it'll it be burnt the fine house down. and it burnt my house down. Yeah. I, I'm not being held responsible for that. No, no, absolutely not.
2: <laughs> I, I, but yeah, it, look, it's slow cooking is awesome. And I'm looking forward to dinner tonight and I'm looking forward to dinner all winter. And this is one of the reasons why I struggle to lose weight. <laughs>